Good morning everyone, it's Oliver Callan here once again until 10 o'clock this morning. It is now Thursday, it's the 3rd of August, today all day long and the text is the same. You know what to do, 51551 and from the north it's studio and then your message 280889. Now I'm in the exclusive club uh, this morning of having read Catherine Ryan Howard's brand new novel, The Trap. And she's had big, big hits, as you know, with 56 Days, The Nothing Man. And she's done it again uh, with the book that's been released only today. It's coming out in America later in the month. Uh, So she's an Irish star in her field internationally. And I hear she's a bit of crack. So I'm looking forward uh, to meeting Catherine in studio, live in studio this morning, to discuss The Trap, a crime thriller with elements of horror and wondering why do we do it to ourselves? How do we find this... Entertain. We'll get into it. We'll get into it all. Uh, but to the newspapers this morning, and I see Donald Gleeson is out and about the place. Um, he is not allowed to speak about his movies, obviously, because of the writer's strike. So why he's in the news, It's he's promoting the nationwide Bewley's Big Coffee Morning Social for the Hospice. As we know, uh, the Gleeson family are big supporters uh, of the hospice around the country and the importance of it, having gone through in, in, in terms of his grandparents in particular. But Nepo Baby is what he's in the news for about. Now, the Nepo Baby is what he's discussing in the news. Nepo Baby is one of those online hashtags, a very crude sort of thing that that puts a complicated uh, story into a tiny little hashtag and, um, you know, the social media algorithms, it pits very much us versus them. The them in the Nepo Baby hashtag being the people who get a, a bit of a leg up in life because of who they're related to. And I suppose it's posed that you're meant to dismiss the children of stars who've made it because, you know, they had that um, familial Lincoln. So, so Donald Leeson has jumped into this minefield this morning, but he's done it in a way that's not going to satisfy the online audience that only allows for the, the absolute dichotomies because he makes for nuance and nuance uh, is not a friend of these social media algorithms. And, and he's making a lot of sense. So he's, he was asked, um, you know, is it fair to say that the children of established actors uh, like himself, because obviously Brendan Leeson is his dad, uh, whether they had an easier path into the industry or whether this actually might have undermined their own work because people look for, um, you know, the, the likenesses and so on. And he says, I think both things can be true. And he has a very nuanced, he, he's very upfront about uh, the fact that he was able to live at home into his 20s. He says, when I wasn't working, not getting enough work to be able to get by, um, he was he was fine because his dad, he was in a privileged position is what he's saying. Um, he was able to stick the course because I didn't have to pay rent all the time or go to work um, somewhere to the extent that, it, you know, that he wasn't able to do auditions or tapes and so on. So he, he's aware of his own privilege. But he's also pointing out that, you know, even being the son of a big star, that star themselves haven't had it easy and the family haven't had it easy. And I think it's very interesting to hear what he has to say. Exactly, you know, like I saw that my that it was really difficult for my father to be an actor. I saw there were, you know, he, he wasn't working immediately and all the time. Uh, there were tough times, they had a family, you know, like uh, my mother was the, I wouldn't say the breadwinner, but my mother was the one with the steady job for a long time, you know, like, like that was, that was also a reality that I saw growing up, so knowing both sides of it. And that is a man who was considered to have a very successful career, knowing that still a side of it that's really flipping tough. And I look at my brother, Brian, and I see how hard he's worked, and I don't go like, oh, well, he's not, you know what I mean? Like, I go, no, he's worked for every bit of what he has. Um, so I don't feel the need to apologise for it either, or say that's the only reason, because I've seen that up close, and I don't believe it to be. 
And of course, he, he says, you know, that he doesn't feel the need to apologise. And of course, what he's not able to say because it's about himself, himself is that it's one thing to get a leg up. But of course, if the raw talent isn't there, you're not going to get anywhere and you'll be found out in Hollywood fairly quickly. Uh, I actually, I watched True Grit recently. It's about, I'd say, 2010, the Coen Brothers um, remake and Donal is in it. And he's so, so good. And he's it's a very short scene, uh, but he's so good in it. And ex Machina, and you could list out the films. I mean, he's a, he's a huge talent. So we, we get where he's coming from. Uh, but of course the important bit is he's raising, he's launching the Nationwide Bewley's Big Coffee Morning Social for Hospice, uh, which is set at two, uh, two million euro uh, for the hospice services is what they're looking for there. Now, to something slightly less important, people are, are divided around the place because Halloween decorations are appearing in the shops. Now usually there's a bit of a marketing ploy by certain uh, shops by, you know, putting Christmas decorations in August. Uh, but the Halloween decorations are out. Some people are delighted to get the planning in. Other people saying it's absolutely ridiculous. We should be allowed to do this till the end of September. Commercialism and capitalism, people. I saw them in Next Home and it was still July. It was still July for the Halloween decorations. I wonder, is that the weather? Because you're starting to think about the autumn and uh, you're usually ready for the autumn by September. But we're not ready. We're not ready yet. We need we need more time, damn it. Um, and and so speaking of one of the great things of August, because remember it is August, we still get to celebrate the summer. Lots of things happening all together now, festival this weekend. The FLA is beginning as well. And I'm looking at the Offaly local paper, The Topic, and they've announced that President Michael D. Higgins will not be attending the official opening of the FLA Kjolna Heron in Mullingar uh, this Sunday. And his his visit had been up in the air, they tell us, because he had a planned operation on the 11th of July, which was going to knock him out for a while. They knew he was going to miss the All-Ireland Finals, football and hurling, but they hoped he'd be back for the FLA and then for the Camogie Championship Final on uh, this Sunday as well. But unfortunately, the Orisa says that he's not going to be able to attend on medical advice. He won't be able to attend. He continues his rehabilitation programme following his recent successful back surgery. So we, we wish him well. And you can kind of see how the FLA is probably not a place to go if you're recovering from a back operation uh, because it's probably irresistible to have a, a bit of a bop. Uh, some good news. Katie Taylor is coming back again. Uh, Katie Taylor is going to have a remit with Chantel Cameron. The date and venue has been set. It's happening again, November 25th. And it's in the uh, the point in Dublin. That's the rematch of course she lost the last time uh, shattered her perfect record in the paid ranks as a professional 22 consecutive wins uh, so she's up again the unbeaten Cameron who has all those titles WBC WBA IBF WBO light welterweight title there are a lot of titles in boxing never quite understood what the ultimate title just belt after belt I thought she's the world champion of this no no it's slightly different belt with a different uh, mascot or something on it and going alright oh, so it's just constant just making us constantly watch and um, get us all het up about it and so on uh, there's a change to recycling uh, or to milk bottles to help recycling in Aldi in particular they've announced uh, because I, I, you, you get your milk carton and there's a, either a red or a blue top on it and there's a little plastic thing a uh, little collar around it that you've broken the seal um, and I I'm, have always been throwing that into the regular rubbish because it's a different colour to the main carton, you rinse that out and put it into the recycling. Uh, so Aldi say they're making it easier now because the cap is going to be the same colour as the rest of the bottle and you can put the lid back on after you've washed it out and, and squashed it and all that. And uh, it'll apparently make it all very easier, uh, including the cartons themselves. So I wonder, will everyone be doing this now? Um, this might be a thing that's going to be happening. 
Um, apparently now the texts are already telling me Halloween decorations have been in certain shops since early July. Oh, which is an absolute mare because my daughter thinks it's her birthday already. This is for the parents, you see. She was born on Halloween and now I have to try and convince her that I'm not lying to her for the next three months. I can feel your pain on that text. 51551 for the text. Yeah, if you've a child with a birthday and it's signified by the arrival of... Um, have certain decorations, you're in trouble. Um, Halloween decorations is a bit like back to school for the adults. I think you know we're, you know, we know the children are, and, and back to school is kind of all the way through the summer now, but it gets uh, ramps up a gear around now. But it's like no, we're not ready for dark nights and lighting fires and things. Relax. Uh, so the Hot Press have a lovely idea. They're going to publish a special Sinead O'Connor tribute issue in memory of the music icon. And uh, it's a really nice idea. She has obviously a long, long history of the magazine. She began her career placing an ad in Hot Press looking for musicians. And then she's been on the cover 10 times since. So uh, this tribute issue, when is it coming out? It's going to be an additional separate one-off publication. Ah, so separate from their, their general ones, their monthly. Uh, it's on pre-sale as well on hotpress.ie and will be published between August and September edition. So it's going to come around the middle of this month. So that's a lovely idea and it'll be a nice uh, collector's item to get your hands on. Some good news. And we're all the, all the time looking out for, for good news. The Limerick Leader has a story about a woman. She's a local woman. She's from Cahardavon, if you know your Limerick. Uh, she's Cahardavon pensioner. She's 87 years of age and she just climbed Croke Patrick. Who is she? She's Catherine Nickel, Kathleen Nickel, um, 87 years of age. She's a mother of seven, grandmother of 25, great granny of 20. So she did the 14 kilometre walk up and down uh, the iconic range. Uh, took her eight hours and her friends and family all supported her there. And where did she? So Kathleen Nickel is from Blacksod Bay. She's in uh, North County Mayo, which is a beautiful part of the world, by the way. And nice walks over there. But uh, she's 30 years in Limerick. She'd um, reignited her long-time ambition to climb Croke Patrick, which, of course, the pilgrimage site. She watched a telly programme. She said, look, I'm going to do this. And she did. And the family were saying that she even... Um, she she did no training whatsoever and more to the fact she stayed uh, the night before she retired early after three pints she had three pints in the pub the night before enjoying herself into the small hours and um had enjoyed. Is that, am I misreading that? Johnny had uh, one of three pints, yes, the Limerick leader. See, read these things before you do it, Oliver, for God's sake. Um, oh, there's an end of an ear. If you're a Volvo person, now very specific Volvos. I always think Volvo people are the kind of good, sensible, solid, practical, unshowy people. Uh, that's before the, the, the SUV Jeep versions came in with more of that and on. But the, particularly the estate car, the Volvo estate, Station wagon, we used to call them. I don't know, has that term gone out of, is that, has that died out of use now? So the Swedish car maker has decided they're going to become an SUV-only manufacturer. Um, they're getting rid of the estate cars, particularly for the UK market, which is obviously going to affect us because of the side of the, we drive on the same side of the road and they're not going to make those right-hand drive vehicles anymore. Uh, there's been waning popularity and there's a shift to the electric cars and Volvo have uh, pioneered lots of those. And so... They're only going to do the SUVs, which is a term I hate, sports utility vehicle. We say Jeep, even though Jeep is the brand term. It comes from, I like the history that it comes from World War II because they started them out. And we still, I think most Irish people still say it's the Jeep, isn't it? regardless of the, the logo on the bonnet. So anyway, the Volvo Jeep. So the, the, the Volvo station wagons no more. I remember my school principal 
in Carrickmacross had the Volvo estate. It was very a school principal car and it was practical and there was, uh, there was uh, they were always driving to the west of Ireland. So there was dogs and everything thrown into it. And uh, I kind of secretly thought I'd grow old and get one of them. But it's not to be. Uh, I, as I say, it's an unshowy car, but ironically, the Volvo uh, Jeep has become a very kind of a trophy car in parts of the country, in well-to-do parts of the country, which, which is it's ironic. And of course, Volvo uh, pioneered loads of safety things. A three-point safety belt uh, came about in 1959 from Volvo. They also were the ones who invented the rear-facing child seat uh, in the, as far back as the 60s. That took a while to catch on. And the booster seat, which was, you know, kids that were, you know, too old for the, for the full baby seat and obviously not old enough to be put in the, in the, in the seat properly with the belt and all that. The booster seat made it all simple. And the side impact protection system. You know the bars along the side that make it um, a side impact crash? That's it. And of course, they only get to trademark them for a couple of years and they rolled out everywhere. Things like the heads up display and all those, all those car things, right? I'll only bore you. I'll, I'll have to move on very, very quickly. Um, why oh why this is a text by the way and we're referring to time of the year and so on why do people treat August as the holiday month it's a dishonest month pretending to be summer yes I know I, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling this one it's a dishonest month pretending to be summer when in fact it's autumnal trees are looking tired hanging baskets have a hangdog look nights are drawing in no no summer is May June and half of July says Ian now you'll get the meteorologists all up in arms about that. But I know what you mean. I've noticed the horse chestnuts are out. The, the the leaves of the horse chestnut tree are looking ragged. The hedges are looking very, very tired. They look like, look, we want the autumn to happen now. I get your feeling. And, and, and in primary school, we were told August was basically autumn as well. And I said, only last night, I said, oh, it's nine o'clock, the lights are on. More to do with the drizzle and the weather and the mist and so on. Uh, now, two more important matters, because yes, it is. Um, it, it's, it's holiday month, Ian, all right? It's still practically the summer. And people are going to films. And planning them because you know Barbenheimer because Barbie and Oppenheimer being two opposite films it became a sort of a double bill that nobody asked for but has done great business for the cinemas. Now people are looking out for the next uh, horrifying double bill and uh, in America Saw 10 you know the really bad horror movies with uh, death games I mean it's really for an, it's an acquired taste. Uh, Saw 10 is coming out with Paw Patrol the movie on the same day cue plans to watch the torture horror and puppy animation in a single unsettling sitting. Who would do this? Paw Patrol, the mighty movie, is a children's animation about a team of helpful dogs. Yes, all the parents who have young kids um, and have been having to watch this. Uh, this, will, this is the parents' real horror, basically, isn't it? Uh, prospect. Um, so they're calling it Saw Patrol. So Saw and Paw's Patrol coming together. I can see the allure of it somewhat. You'd have to go and see the silly film first and uh, then go to see Saw to cleanse yourself. I love all the Saw movies, incidentally. And again, it goes back to my Catherine Ride Howard. Why do we do it to ourselves? But more of that and on. Uh, so what's going on? What are they doing? Is this going to be now you're going to clumsily force two movies together in an unofficial double bill, even though Barbenheimer was a once in a lifetime event. No, I'm loving this. So people are looking up other release dates and uh, The Guardian tells us that Scorsese, Martin Scorsese's Killers of the Flower Moon is coming out the 20th of October, the same day as Trolls Band Together, which is a sequel of that awful, awful looking film. Um, and they're calling it Trollers of the Flower Moon. I'm up for that. Uh, well, I'm up for one of the films and I'll pretend I'm up for it because it's a very nice moniker, isn't it? Now, the, the British uh, artist, David Hockney, he's very famous, as you know. Uh, he's 86 years of age and he's got a new uh, portrait, a new exhibition basically opening and it's going to be 30 new portraits being displayed for the first time and he's drawn kind of famous people 
and he has a portrait of Harry Styles released to celebrate, um, to launch this whole exhibition, which is happening in London in the National Portrait Gallery. And, you know, we, we did, we're art critics upstairs this morning. We did a review. We scratched our chins and we went, this looks awful. <laughs> He's managed to make Harry Styles look kind of ugly, unfinished. He's wearing a uh, orange and there's a picture of David Hockney with a fag hanging out of his mouth uh, doing finishing the painting with Harry Styles in this outfit he's wearing in the portrait. And it's a kind of a very stylish red, uh, orange and yellow striped uh, cardigan um, and um, pearls he's wearing, as only Harry Styles can pull off. Uh, but in the picture, <laughs> it looks off. It reminds me very strongly of a junior cycle reading um, in primary school and, the you know, the kind of dodgy drawings of Anne and Barry and the parents and the kind of dad who has very strange outfits on that no dad in Ireland wore because they were sort of influenced by uh, middle-class British novels and stuff like that. Uh, but it looks awful when Harry Styles is smiling away in the picture pretending that he's funny. He kind of looks like a tribute act that you might have some uh, scaldy lad from the west of Ireland do for, for Harry Styles. Do you know Do you know yourself? You know yourself what's going on. Um, will I do the Trump thing? No, I'll actually go to something more serious because Lizzo is in trouble. Lizzo's in trouble. A couple of dancers have been speaking out. They've launched a lawsuit. Um, They've been discussing alleged incidents. They brought a lawsuit against Lizzo and they've given their first public interview. Before we go to a clip of that, uh, what is it about? It's a 44-page filing and they're alleging uh, that they're accusing the singer of sexual harassment and fostering a hostile work environment. And um, Lizzo hasn't commented on this yet. So they've alleged that various things happened in the trip that they were kind of, um, they were forced to participate in what Lizzo would have seen as a bit of crack in a strip club. They were very, very uncomfortable and um, they're, they're, they're now speaking out against it. And they're talking about various incidents which m- might have, she's saying, saying, they were kind of newbies, weren't they, arriving into the scene of Lizzo's lots and lots of dancers and they were very uncomfortable and they were afraid to speak out because they were terrified of what the reaction might be to that. And so let's listen to a clip of of what they're saying. The dancers are Ariana Davis, Crystal Williams and Noelle Rodriguez. So it's more than one and it's about her touring company and uh, her dance uh, captain and against Lizzo in particular. To be honest, this was a corporate office and she was doing exactly the same thing that she was doing on tour, immediately that would be so many HR violations. So if there's anything that I can do in my power to ensure that dancers or singers or whoever decides to work with her don't have to go through that same experience, I'm going to do that. Nobody speaks up because they're so scared for their jobs. I was terrified for my job. So it was a compelling interview on American television, as only you can do in America, where you launch these allegations. Then you do an interview. Uh, And for someone whose brand is is body positivity, as Lizzo's is, and tackling bullying, and she has been a victim of that online and so on, this is something that she and her representatives are going to have to address because they've said nothing so far. We've only heard one side of this story. And already, what is the fallout? Well, in what appears to be a subtle diss at Lizzo amid this controversy, Beyonce omitted Lizzo's name from the Break My Soul remix lyrics at a live concert uh, the other night, just last night. The remix version, it features, there's a verse where Beyonce gives a shout out to, shout out to several black women in the entertainment industry, Lauren Hill, Kelly Rowland and Lizzo. But she skipped over Lizzo's name 
at the Gillette Stadium concert pointedly last night and repeated someone else's name in her stead a couple of times. Um, she hasn't said anything about it per se. So, you know, they're, they're, we, they, we could be looking into things. We could be looking into things. 51551 is the text. Hello there. You think the Halloween stuff in the shops is bad? I'm just in London for a few days and the big tubs of sweets have started to appear in the supermarkets already and it's only the first few days in August. Slaan Lats is Marlos is telling us about the Christmas tubs of sweets are, are appearing already in August. We, we live in a consumer capitalist calendar. They decide what we do. They decide when we put up our decorations. Let's fight the people. But also, mm, I'm kind of thinking of tubs of sweets. <laughs> when the weather's bad, you're going, there'll be no harm now to get uh, celebrations. Uh, where's that shop again? That's in London. I'm not I, I mean, it's terrible. I totally agree. Listen, it's, um, it's after 20 past nine, so let's get things up and running. Let's take a tune from All Together Now Festival to gear you up for a weekend, sellout weekend down in Waterford. Villagers, good morning. If I see a sign in the sky tonight No one's gonna tell me it's a trick of the light May never come but I'm willing to wait What can I say? I'm a man of the faith And there's an ocean in my body And there's a river in my soul And I'm crying It's time that I That's a lovely way to start your morning and uh, Trick of the Light. What a lovely name for a song and just gorgeous as this texter who's thanking us for that and uh, all together now by the way this weekend um, I'm seeing here and there on the Irish Times there are still some weekend camping tickets available for um, all together now and uh, there's a great lineup. you've got Iggy Pop Lord um, Villagers of course we just heard there the Sugar Babes as well James Murphy Billy Bragg loads and loads of stuff so there's a, there's a big weekend of crack happening there and actually we, we played a, a similarly named song yes we played Christy Moore singing Real in the Flickering Light yesterday uh, tickets for his Vicar Street gigs uh, went on sale actually just uh, half an hour ago this morning and uh, he was doing a pre-sale and we were calling him the Taylor Swift of the nation and I think people are frantically buying tickets out there at the minute uh, but we got a text in at the end of the show and I, I feel I, I do it again because I didn't do it justice as it came into us and it was a lovely message that Oliver I was out for a walk and thinking of my late brother Colm and humming the song that he wrote Real in the Flickering Light which Christy recorded and it came on the show here and that was from Kieran Gallagher and he was talking about uh, Colm Gallagher and we want to find a little bit more about the songwriter and we found a clip of Christy uh, talking about uh, Colm Gallagher uh, just a couple of years ago and how he found this song which has done such good business for him I first heard this song sung by Colin Gallagher, the man that wrote it. Colin Gallagher left the Glass Eleven and he went to LA. And I got to hear him one night in, in an Irish pub in LA. And when he sang this song, I just thought it was real, real special. So this is Colin Gallagher's Real in the Flickering Life. It's just a lovely thing. And it's such a talent, Christy, that he goes out almost collecting these songs and, and bringing them to the rest of us. Uh, so Colm Gallagher, he was originally from Glasnevin in Dublin and uh, then he, he, he ended up in California and he sadly died two years ago. So Kieran, his brother, was thinking about it the other day. And there's a, we have a clip of Colm uh, doing the original version of uh, Reel in the Flickering Light. She was gentle, she was charming And I heard him call her darling He was graceful as a whisper On his delicate legs of silver and the rats and the worms are still as mice And the poor old pigeons said that's nice A shimmering veil on a 
lovely bright as they dance to the reel and the flickering light. Oh, wrong people, heel to the tone, the shimmering veil on the lovely bright as they dance to the reel and the flickering light. It's just a gorgeous song. So that's the latest column. There's actually a lovely message as well in his uh, death notice. It was the sentiment from the family. Hopefully Colin will be up there with Helen dancing a reel in the flickering light. So that's a really nice message. 51551 is her text. And uh, somebody, uh, we've ha- we're having a debate with about August. August is having, uh, is now in the same place as Lizzo, basically. There's a bit of debate. It's as much trouble as Lizzo. Uh, because Ian obviously said uh, August was a dishonest month and is complaining that, uh, yeah, he's saying it's dishonest because it almost pretends to be holiday and that it isn't. Uh, Someone's not having your text or Ian's assertions. August is the best month for swimming in the sea and sure if it's raining, even better. Also, back to school weather is a thing, says Rory. Now that's into September. But they they do go back to school, don't they, in August increasingly. Anyway, more to the fact, we have to take a few um, messages first because Catherine Ryan Howard is coming to us in studio to discuss her brand new novel. Be afraid, be very afraid. Back after these. Now, I have a lovely message in here. We were talking about Colm Gallagher who wrote uh, Reel in the Flickering Light. Uh, good morning. I first heard Colm Gallagher Reel in the Flickering Light when Christy Moore released it. For years, I was amazed by the lyrics. I finally tracked down Colm in the USA and informed that his lyrics were the greatest of all time. I asked him what the song was and uh, he told me, it, what was it about? And he told me it was observations growing up in Dublin in the 1950s. He was so nice and humble and he sent me one of his CDs and he's undoubtedly uh, one of our greatest songwriters. Please send my love to his brother, Kieran, and his family, an Irish songwriting genius. And that's um, in from Ger Corrigan. It's a, that's a lovely sentiment from that. And indeed, it, it, like, it's, a, it's a great tune. And it's, we, we immediately thought of him. We thought about Christy Moore and the sales and everything. Now, uh, we're going to have, it's five to ten. Let's go to some music. And that's, uh, that's Thundercat there. And Thundercat's on uh, Cracker Island, that great uh, album by Gorillaz. 51551. Uh, this is back to the scary, the scary stuff that Catherine Ryan Howard is reminding of us. I remember watching the made-for-TV show on Waco. It was particularly cheesy. Uh, dramatic lines in all southern drawl still, uh, in all in the southern drawl still lingering in my brain, says Rory. And someone says, uh, Janie, when that second baby came out of Robin, I screamed and was discovered both my parents were watching, it was discovered by both my parents watching V from behind the couch, says Fergal, who's speaking for us all in the 80s. And um, a, a, a reminder, we're going to go to another ad break, aren't we? Time for another ad break. Back after these. Now, those people are getting in touch with us. Uh, they might have come in at the end there of our interview with Catherine Ryan Howard. The, the Trap is the book. It's uh, published by Penguin. It is out today. It is coming out in America as well at the end of August. It's a beautiful cover, actually, on the American version. I didn't get to ask her that, but maybe sure the next time that she comes in, there'll be a, uh, she'll get to explain all about her great success that she's having across the water in America. Um, the, some of the final texts. I'm off to All Together Now Festival this weekend with my family, and who knows, we might see you there. It's a fabulous festival. Um, 
and that's a, there's uh, yeah, oh, there's nice compliments there for the show. Thank you very much, Tex. Thank you very much. Uh, good morning. Just to let you know that there's a shop in Rathmines in Dublin. It has a display of Halloween items in their shop since last week. It is too early, says Nuala in Dublin. I agree with you, but it made me feel weirdly happy at the same time as well. And there's a lovely message here. It says, the Gleeson family, it's about Donald Gleeson, are outrageously talented and lovely humans. The end, says Helen. Indeed. And um, we've just heard that Donald Gleeson is going to be speaking to Philip Boucher Hayes after 10 o'clock this morning. So stay tuned for that. That's it from us for today. We'll be back again tomorrow, which is Friday. Hooray. And it's still August, which is a, a holiday fun month. And we're still clinging desperately onto summer, aren't we? Happy Halloween, everybody. See you again tomorrow. Slán.